You're listening to a C3 Victory podcast. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au. How good is it to be at church this morning together? It's so good when we're talking about worship and, you know, singing really loudly. Uh, I, I see myself as a pretty good uh, singer, uh, but I get distracted uh, and I don't have a very good memory. And, and so I forget the words. And so when I come and worship, all you kind of hear is just me going, because I don't know the words. And, uh, and especially if I close my eyes as well, because, uh, you know, it's just, I'm just, I'm just worshiping God in my way, right? You know, we don't need words. We don't need words. It's all good. But, uh, you know, love being in Northwest, you know, this is, this is our second home. We are one church, two locations, and it's amazing to be able to come out here and the privilege to come and preach. Uh, and so I love it. It's amazing. Uh, but yes, we do have summer camp coming up in January, the 21st to the 24th, and it's going to be absolutely amazing. So if you know any young people, even if they don't come to our church, but you're like, this is going to be a good thing for you. You know, man, we'll take anyone. We will take anyone. Uh, so if you know someone who's in the age of, you know, uh, 13 to 18, uh, you know, and you think it's a good thing, man, it's probably going to be a good thing then. Uh, because the amount of encounter that they have with God uh, just sets them up. It's amazing. And, uh, you know, if you've ever been to a summer camp, if you've ever been to a youth camp, uh, you know, you know the value uh, that this has. Uh, then they'll be able to make friends. They'll be able to have a good time. And I tell you what, the location that we're going to this year is amazing. It is incredible. So, uh, and our team, man, our team uh, uh, just... The, the killing, the putting together such an amazing summer camp. And, uh, and everyone thinks that me and Christina do everything. Man, we have such an amazing uh, team that puts on this thing for the week. And, uh, man, we love them so much. And, uh, and just an update as well. Uh, the All Blacks did not win the Rugby World Cup. I know, right? But, hey, neither did Australia, so it's okay. <laughs> and neither did England. That's even better. Sorry. <laughs> Look, it's, you know, making enemies, enemies. Four years' time, we'll get there again. Come on. we new teams, new coaches. It's all good. And, uh, and how good is our, way, our eight-week journey? I think we're up to week six. Uh, this week is week six. Got two more weeks after this. And, uh, and it's going to be, uh, it's, it's going to be, like, this whole book is just amazing. You know, four chapters long and uh, just so much stuff, so much stuff that we've gotten out of this. And, uh, you know, last week, Pastor Darren, uh, an incredible chunk of scripture, um, you know, probably one of the hardest throughout the whole book, but it's one of the, one of the coolest, I reckon, actually, uh, because, you know, you're looking at this. Uh, scripture of of Paul, who is you know has it all together supposedly, uh, but then also a little bit of Kanye chat, right? 
little bit of Kanye chat. And uh, how amazing is it that we're starting to talk about Kanye in church? Like something is happening in the world. And, uh, and now my, my, uh, my hype music when I come to preach is Kanye, uh, you know. And so I, uh, you know, I, I put on Use This Gospel because it's one of my favorite songs and a bit of saxophone solo and it's amazing, incredible. And, uh, and so it's good. So you guys ready? Ready to continue into this journey, our eight-week journey, week six. Uh, so like I always say, let's be open, uh, but hopefully let's have some fun as we get into this and so let's pray. God, I thank you for this morning. God, I thank you that, uh, man, what an incredible book uh, you have written through Paul, Lord Father. And I just thank you, God, that we can get so much out of it. Even in 2019, Lord Father, we can get so much out of it. And we thank you for that, God. We thank you, Lord Father, for what you're going to do today. Uh, and I pray that there's this revelation after revelation this morning. In your mighty name, amen. All right, let me... Let me start. Chapter 3, verse 15 to 21. I'll read it to you and then we'll get into it. NIV version. And here we go. All of us who are mature should take such a view of things. And if, and if on some point you think differently, that to God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. Join with others in following my example, brothers, and take note of, of those who live accordingly to the pattern we gave you. For as I've often told you before, and now say again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is on earthly things. But our citizenship is in the heaven, is in heaven. And we eagerly await our Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables Him to bring everything under His control will transform our lowly bodies so that we will be like His glorious body. Come on, what a scripture. I'm actually quite pumped. This is an incredible scripture and it's short as well, so that's good. Uh, <laughs> hey, I had a long one in week two, right? You know? This is, this is favor and this is blessing, you know? So, so here, I told you we'd have fun. So here, you know, Paul has just told the uh, church of uh, Philippi, the Philippians, and uh, Philippians 3, 1 to 11, that he is, in the world's eye, uh, in the world's eyes, a, a top dog, right? He is... The bee's needs. He is, uh, you know, that he has succeeded in life when it comes to the secular world. Uh, but Paul has now found Christ. Come on. He has found Christ. And, and, and to him, all of that doesn't matter anymore. It, all of that is garbage to Paul. Paul now wants to be more like Christ. He's like, that doesn't matter. I just want to be more like Christ. I, I may have got all the accolades. I may have got all the all the uh, you know the, the the high you know certificates and all that. But now I just want to be like Christ. 
Philippians 3, 12 to 13, I'm just backtracking a little bit. It says that, uh, not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Paul is making it clear that uh, he is not perfect. He is, he is far from perfect. And he is happy with that. But he'll continue to be on this, this journey that brings him closer to knowing and being more like Christ. He is also pointing out that he is still focused on that end result. That eschatological prize to be with Christ. He's still focused on it. And that's when we move into verse 15. Mature equals basic. Philippians 3, 15 to 16. It says, All of us who are mature should take on take such a view of things. And at some point you think differently that through God will make clear to you. Only live us, only let us live up to what we have already attained. Here yeah, Paul is using a bit of tongue in cheek. It's Paul, right? He's, he's poking the bear. He, he's taking the mickey out of these people who think they are mature Christians. And so firstly, he addresses the Philippians with the words, all of us, right? All of us. And I love this about Paul. He's saying that you know, he's not just addressing them, uh, but he's also including himself. He, he's not singling out the Philippians. He's not saying, hey, it's, it's you, but he's actually bringing them on a journey saying, hey, no, it's all of us. It's, it's all of us. that He's bringing them on a journey with them. And I'll tell you what, that is great leadership. He is bringing them on a journey saying, hey, all of us need to learn this. All of us need to go on this journey together. And secondly, this maturity that Paul is talking about is, is probably in the sense of verse 16, where he says, only let us live up to what we've already attained. Talking about people who think that they are mature, and think they have already leveled up to the likeness of Christ. But the completeness is still to come, all right? Paul has observed, has observed that people have a worldly view on what maturity is. They think that maturity is more knowledge and understanding, which requires more answers, which then kind of leads to less trust in God. How crazy is that? So the more we think that we can explain it, the more complicated Christianity becomes. So how does, how does Paul view maturity? How, do, how does he view maturity? And he actually he addresses it in the next book in Colossians. And Eugene Peterson says it so well in Colossians 1, 26 to 29. It says, this mystery has been kept in the dark for so long, for, for a long time. But now it's out in the open. God wanted everyone, not just Jews, to know His rich and glorious secret inside and out, regardless their background, regardless their religious standing. The mystery in a nutshell is just this. 
Christ is in you. So therefore, you can look forward to sharing in God's glory. It's that simple. That that is the substance of our message. We preach Christ. Warning people not to add to the message, we teach in a spirit of profound common sense so that we can bring each person to maturity. To be mature is to be basic. Christ, no more, no less. That's what I'm working so hard at day after day, year after year, doing my best with the energy God so generously gave me. How amazing is that? To be mature is to be basic. Christ, no more, no less. Come on, it's so good. Paul is is talking about getting to this place where maturity uh, is knowing Christ. That's it, knowing Christ. That being a mature Christian is okay with the mysteries of God. It's not about knowing everything, but having a, a childlike faith. Paul is clearing up this mindset that being mature isn't about being perfect. You know, we're not created to be perfect right now. God is perfect. It's not about having it all together. He then addresses those who might think differently, who might have lost sight of this mindset that he is talking about. And so throughout this letter, Paul Paul actually steers clear of this superior to inferior friendship. Right? He, he, he sees the church of Philippi uh, as, as friends. He sees them as, as uh, people who are close to him. And so this helps Paul kind of address uh, things like maturity. You know, it's, it's easy to come to a friend with, a, you know, with something that you can be open and honest about, right? And so uh, he goes, hey, you know, let's get on the same level. Let's get on the same level, guys, that, you know, uh, we aren't perfect. God is making us perfect, but that won't be complete until that moment where God calls us home. So if you think you're perfect, I hope that God will reveal this divine revelation to you. He's being open and honest. He's having a, a conversation with them. Paul has such a good relationship with the church of Philippi that he can be open and honest with them, challenging them and helping them to get to a better place in their relationship with God. Romans 12, 2, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. You know, let's not get caught up and uh, what the world says maturity is. But let's have this, this childlike faith, the, the security that we're okay with not knowing everything. But you know, if we've found ourselves, and this is okay, but we've, if we've found ourselves with a mixed mindset, you know, let's start the journey of, of changing our mindset by coming back to God, the only one who can transform our mind, all right, and let him transform our mindset. It's okay to, to be like that open with God and go, oh man, my, my mindset, I've, I've just realized that my mindset is it's not, what, it's not what you think, like what it should be. You know, but being mature is this, okay, I'm gonna go back to God. 
You know, I'm going to go back. I'm not, I'm not going to be stubborn. I'm not going to be stuck in my ways, but I'm going to go back to God so that He can transform my mind. I love what Gordon Fee, uh, he, he summarizes these two scriptures so well. He says this, he says, The emphasis in this sentence after it is not anticipated disagreement they, that they might have, but on God's continuing work, continuing to work among them through divine revelation. The sentence is thus predicated on their mutual friendship and mutual trust, which is so secure that Paul can simply leave it in God's hands to reveal it to them, what further understanding that they may need on the matters that they might not be ready to fully, uh, to fully agree with him on. So Paul's just secure. He's just like, man, it's, it's in God's hands now. God is the one who transforms. God's the one who brings divine revelation. It's not me. God's in control. I can only say what I can say, but now it's in God's hands. And then we move to verse 17. And the second point, well, the, you know, the thing I got out of here is the heart for the lost. Heart for the lost. Join with the others in following my example, brothers. And take note of those who live accordingly to the pattern we gave you. For as I have often told you before, and now say again with tears, many live as enemies of the cross. Their destination, uh, their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach and their glory is their shame. Their mind is on earthly things. You know, here we see a pretty raw and open side of Paul. You see his heart for the lost, but uh, it's, it's not just people who have had no previous relationship with God, but it's actually people who have walked away from God. People who have had a relationship with Christ and now decided to walk away from that. Gordon Fee, Gordon Fee explains that Paul wouldn't usually weep over someone who, who didn't know Christ or have never known Christ, but he weeps because they should know better. That's why he makes a point on saying uh, to the church of Philippi, follow my ways, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. You know, as a pastor uh, or just as a Christian, right, uh, you know, I totally understand Paul's, how, how Paul is feeling. I totally understand this. You know, when we see people walk away from Christ, whether it be, you know, people in our church, you know, who we might not even know, uh, maybe it's just an acquaintance and we kind of just see it on Facebook or Instagram uh, or, or maybe friends of ours uh, and they choose to live in a way that the world thinks is right. You know, there is a spiritual grievance that happens within us. And you're like, well, you know, I don't really actually know that person, but why do I feel so sad? Why, do I, why am I getting upset about that? Why am I getting upset about all these marriages that are going through these things? Why am I getting upset that that teenager has decided not to come to youth anymore? Uh, you know, why am I upset that that young adult has decided to, you know, think that his ways are better? You know, it's, it's just the spiritual grievance that God has placed on the inside of us because we love each other, because we are a family, because, you know, it's just what's inside of us. And, and I, so I totally understand what, what Paul is going through. You know, Paul is upset because they've set their mind on earthly things. And, and because of this decision, Paul knows, right, he's not silly. Paul knows that the outcome is not going to be a good one. You know, 
So this isn't just a heads up going, hey, hey guys, uh, people are leaving the church. Just, you know, just so you don't put your foot in, in you know, your mouth and, you know, go, hey, you coming to church? Oh, no, I don't go anymore. Uh, but it's more, more of a thing of like, hey, we need to be steadfast in our faith. We need to be steadfast in our faith. And this links back to maturity. That you know, don't think that you're you're mature and have it all together. Because when we think that we have it all together, we don't let God to continue to grow us. Uh, and that's when we get bored, right? And, and, and that's when we uh, that we feel that our our needs aren't getting met. We start to get offended. And we decide to see what other people are offering. We decide to see what the, what the world is offering because we don't think, uh, because we think that the, it will fulfill us, but it doesn't. You know, it's, it's in the Bible, for the wages of sin is death. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and life abundantly. And so we have, Sorry. So we need to pray for people who may have left the church. We need, we need to pray for those who have, who have decided to go their own way. It is their decision, but we are here to pray for those people. And, and, you, know, and you know, God is the one who will transform them. God is the one that will bring them back into salvation, that will bring them back into the house of God. The prize and the power. My third point, the prize and the power. Verse 20, but our citizenship is in heaven and we eagerly await our Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables Him to bring everything under control, His control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they'll be like His glorious body. You know, just like in chapter 2, Paul revisits this focus point of the eschatological price, the end result of being with Christ, the, the wanting to be with Christ. But this, in this scripture, he goes just a little bit further. Paul focuses on two main things here, our identity and our destination and the supremacy of God. There are two major focuses, the eschatolo eschatological focus and the Christological focus. Big words, right? Merging together in this climactic moment. And so the merging you have is the eschatological, uh, meaning being with Christ, you know, getting to that end point of being with Christ. And the Christological uh, focus, a Christ-centered focus. So he's merging these two things at the end of this chapter uh, in this climactic moment and we've had this build-up of chapters 1 to 3, and now we're at the end of chapter 3, and there's this big climactic moment before we get into chapter 4 and the ending of this letter to the church of Philippi. In the 21st century sense of term, this is the big climactic moment in a Marvel Universe movie where it comes back down, just before it comes back down to the end of the movie where everything is okay. All right? Makes sense? Most movies, I know. But I thought Darren would enjoy that one. Paul is reminding the Philippians that we are destined for heaven. 
we are destined for heaven. We are children of God. And, and that is our home, but he's also reminding how powerful God is. He has everything under control. From our own lives to those around us, He is supreme. And I love what Paul says in Colossians chapter 1, 15, 18 in the NIV version. It says, The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in Him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through Him and for Him. He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. And He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything He might have supremacy. Throughout this passage, you know, throughout this, you know, these scriptures, 15 to 21, we see the power and the supremacy of God. We see God's power in the transformation of our minds and the view of our maturity. We see God's power in being steadfast in the faith, but also how God is in control of salvation no matter what the situation. God is in control. And we see God's power in the end goal, being with Christ and being more like Christ. And so today, I think as we wrap up chapter three, I think our biggest takeaway from this scripture is today is, is our security. Are we secure in kingdom maturity? Are we secure in our faith? And are we secure in our identity and our destination? Ask everyone just to close their eyes and Maybe throughout this scripture or maybe over the last couple of weeks, you've been thinking about your identity in Christ. Maybe it's not really where you want it to be. Maybe you're not sure of your destination. We're not here to manipulate you and anything like that. But we want to give you an opportunity to be secure in that. You know, we've, we've all done wrong. We're born into sin. There's a separation from God. He came and you know, God sent His one and only Son that whoever should believe in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. And the key is that whoever shall believe in Him Believe who who Jesus is. And believe what Jesus did. So we want to give you an opportunity.
fear, you really want to secure that relationship with God. Whether if you've done it before, you may have walked away. Maybe if you have, you know, decided to do your own thing or just to really secure it today. So I want to give people that opportunity. So if that's you, a quick raise of the hand, I'm going to see it. If you want to come into a relationship with Jesus, who died for our sins so that we could have a relationship with Him, I just want you just to lift your hand just so I can see it. Awesome. Fantastic. I'm just going to invite the band back up. I also want to give another opportunity that time for assurance. That we are secure in the kingdom maturity. That we are secure in our in our faith and we are secure in our identity and destination. But maybe it's not a uh, a thing of coming back to Jesus for the first time or if you've walked so far away, you need to come back to it. Maybe it's just an assurance thing. Maybe you just need to take time with Jesus. Say, hey, just remind me again. Just remind me of, of my identity. Remind me of my destination. Remind me of, of my faith. So we're just going to go into a bit of worship. And if that's you, I'm going to, we're going to all stand. You can stand. And if that's you, if you want to just have a bit of time with Jesus. Just to really secure that. You just come at the front. Just spend time with Him. pray for you or we can just let you do your thing with God. Thanks for joining us for the C3 Victory Podcast. We would love to see you at one of our services. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au or check us out on Facebook or Instagram.